Revival at Ashbury College. World Government Summit this week. Men participating in women's sports. Abrahamic Family House is now open in the United Arab Emirates. And is Pope Francis the world's pastor? Well, all of this is prophetic and it's in our headlines. And we will discuss these events and much more while taking your calls on today's open line edition of the End Time Show. Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Dave Robbins. I'm with End Time Ministries, and I thank you for joining me on this edition of the End Time Show. Now, yes, today is open line. Today's your day. And the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. But before we get into that, I'll wait till we have some calls come on. But wow, before we go there, we've got to talk about what's happening in Kentucky with the Asbury College. Oh my goodness, the, the, they are having a move of God there. I have a friend who is a pastor. He's involved in a group that many of them have went down there. Many of them are going down there this weekend to be a part of that. But they are having a move of God, folks. A true move of God. This is not some made-up class uh, project just for the, uh, you know, their chapel service. No, they are having a move of God. People are being moved on, men and women. They've been having it for over a week now, continuous. 24 hours a day, people are coming in there. They've had people from around the world flying in. They've had people from just about every state going in there, and there are thousands of people and this weekend, it looks like it's going to be just nuts. And I wish, if I didn't have so much to do, I'd go up there. Because, man, when there's a move of God, I want to be involved. Don't keep me out. And I've heard, I've, I, this blows my mind, but I've actually heard of some people criticizing it. Because it's not a particular organization or they're doing it all wrong. What, what, what are you talking about? This is a sovereign move of God. People are being moved on. My question, my, my point back to the criticism of this, I, it blows my mind. But would we rather these young people be having a move of God that is, you know, it's going to last for who, and who knows how long now? Or would we be rathering, rather the schools wrestling with should the men be swimming with on the women's swim teams and going into their, changing in their locker rooms with the females, and going to their bathrooms. I mean, what would we rather have? I'd much rather be having kids in an altar, crying out to God for, God, move on me. I am hungry for your spirit. Would we rather be having drag queens go in and reading in their libraries to them? Or picketing for abortions? Or I mean, you, you name it. All of the craziness that goes on in society, we talk about it all the time, and then we have this college where they start to have a sovereign move of God, and people criticize it. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. 
This is the stuff we've been talking about that we want to happen. The, a great end time revival. God, can, God is sovereign. God can move on anybody at any time. And I am thankful that there are people there, the, the college that's allowing this to go on. Let it go on for as long. I mean, what else? It, it's, it, what else would you rather them be doing? And this is of utmost importance. And so, wow, I just, there's no way I could go through a program today and not mention what's going on there. I just talked to a, a pastor friend of mine, and they've got a big group of them going down there Saturday to, to minister to people and to help answer questions and to pray with people. And I mean, this thing is swelling. It's, it's awesome. And again, I wish I wasn't traveling so much because I would go down there to be with them. But uh, wow, man, there's so much to talk about. I'm excited about this revival. The, one, the thing that gets me going, if you wonder about end time ministries, what's really driving Dave Robbins and Doug and Vince and all the rest of these people? What drives them? What gets us out of bed every morning and, and drives us in here to do radio and TV and all these other different things, the Jerusalem College and everything? What's driving us? It's end time revival. Getting people ready to meet the Lord upon His soon return. So, man, I, I love what's going on in Asbury College. I love it, I love it, I love it. People praying and young people crying out, our next generation. I would rather them be doing that than anything else. So, wow, I love it, I love it, I love it. Okay, got so much to go through today. I'm going to go to the phones really quick. And again, the number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. Let's go to Zachary, who is in Kentucky. God bless Zach. Welcome to The End Time Show. Praise the Lord. How are you, Brother Dave? I'm doing fine, my friend. How are you doing? Good. Um, so I was studying, reading the Revelation of Un Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Volume 2. Yes, um, sir. Reading about the two simultaneous harvests. So my question for you today is, <clears throat> at the second coming of Jesus, are those whom are not saved immediately cast into fire, or will they continue on as mortals into the thousand-year reign? Right, so that, that is a, that's a great question. And were you reading the, the simultaneous harvest in Matthew 13 or, or Revelation 14? Do you remember? Um, Matthew. Okay, Matthew, okay. So that's the point that we would need to make, Zach, is that there, is, there are two accounts of the simultaneous harvest. One's in Matthew 13, the wheat and the tares. One is in Revelation 14, which is the harvest of the earth, which would be the saints or the wheat, and the harvest of the vine of the earth, which is the sinners or the unsaved individuals. When you go into the parable of Matthew 13, and, and again, I can only give you a scriptural answer. Right. When, when we go into Matthew um, 13, Jesus gives a parable of a sower that sowed a field, and in the field came up wheat, but amongst the wheat came up tares. And I'm... What I'm doing, Zachary, is I'm bringing everybody listening in on our conversation here, okay? Yeah, sure. So the, the wheat uh, tares or weeds come up among the wheat. And the harvesters came to the, to the sower and said, Hey, didn't you buy good seed? Didn't you go to a reputable seed store and buy good seed? And he said, Yes, I did, but the, the, an enemy has sowed these in here. And they said, Well, do you want us to go in and pluck them all up? And he said, No, because if you, if you pull up tares you'll pull up the wheat as well. But what we're going to do is wait until the time of the harvest 
and then we will gather them both together and the wheat will put in the storehouse, the tares will burn in the fire. So then a little bit later in Matthew 13, he tells the interpretation of that parable and he's the meaning of it. And he says, the sower was, well, okay, Zach, uh, hold, hold till over the break here. I thought yeah. we, I'm, I missed my clock here. So um, hold till over the break and we'll get off into it a little bit farther and uh, see if we can't answer your question here. Okay, everybody. Well, looking forward to uh, today's open line. The number to reach me, 1-877-363-8463. And we've got a lot of good information coming up. So God bless each and every one of you. And wow, the Asbury College, I can't talk enough about that. God bless them. They that understand what is taking place will instruct many. Except a man is born again, he can enter or see the kingdom of God. I don't care what label you've been given or what label you've given yourself, you are essential. You still matter. This is a journey, and when we get to the other side of that, that's where our prize is, that's where our reward is. End time is not going anywhere. Satan and the elites of this world don't want you to understand the timeline leading to the second coming of Jesus. You can pinpoint where we are in the end time, understand how you fit in, and be filled with hope in God's plan by watching the future according to Bible prophecy. Go to intime.com future or call 800-END-TIME. That's 800-363-8463. What if you could understand Bible prophecy? Dave Robbins, the host of the End of the Age television and radio programs, is holding a free prophecy conference near you. Gain peace and understanding about what the Bible says concerning end-time prophecy. Call 1-800-END-TIME or visit endtime.com slash events for more information. All right, everybody. So <clears throat> let me get let me get straight back to Zachary. He's on the phone with me, and so I told you the parable of the wheat and the tares in Matthew 13. It's the same thing that is the the um, the simultaneous harvest in Revelation 14. The parable of the or the prophecy of the harvest of the earth and the harvest of the vine of the earth. So. In Matthew 13, Jesus is going to tell the meaning of the parable of the wheat and the tares. It starts out at Matthew 13, verse 36, and it says this. Jesus sent the multitude away, went into the house, and His disciples came unto Him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Jesus said unto them, He that soweth the good seed was Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. The field 
is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. So the, the seed, the wheat that's going to come up, that's the children of the kingdom. Those are the saved individuals. The tares are the children of the wicked one. The tares are the sinners, people that have not made themselves, not obeyed the gospel of, of uh, the kingdom, and have not made themselves ready to meet the Lord. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world. The harvest would be the rapture. The harvest is the end of the world. The reapers are the angels. The Bible says in Matthew 24, the Lord's going to come back, send His angels with the great sound of a trump to gather His elect. It's the same thing here. The reapers are the angels, and therefore the tares are gathered and burned. Now this is, this is coming to your answer here, Zach. Therefore the tares, when they're gathered, they're burned in the fire. And so shall it be at the end of the world. The Son of Man shall send forth His angels, they shall gather out of His kingdom all things that offend and them that do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be weeping, wailing, gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteousness shine forth as the sun of the kingdom, in the kingdom of their Father. Uh, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So what is, who, your question was, will the sinners or the tares at that time Will they be cast into the lake of fire at that point? That is a question I don't know if I can answer, Zach. And let me tell you why. Because I know, well, if, if you go to the simultaneous harvest in Revelation 14, the Bible says there, that those individuals, the tares, would be cast into the great wine press of the wrath of God. Right. And that would be, that's the great winepress of the wrath of God is the battle of Armageddon. It talks about that in Revelation 19. So will everybody on earth be cast into the lake of fire at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ in the rapture? I don't know if I can answer that because, let me tell you why. The Bible says in Daniel 7 that when it talks about the beast symbolizing nations, that would be on the earth and in power at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that when the, the Ancient of Days comes back to establish His kingdom here on the earth, that their dominion of those nations who were not destroyed at the Battle of Armageddon, their dominion is taken away, but their lives are prolonged for a season and a time into the 1,000-year millennial reign. So that's the $64,000 question is, who gets to live into the millennial reign? Will all the mortals on earth get to live into the millennial reign. And then the Bible says at the time of the great white throne of judgment that everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life will be cast into the lake of fire. Is it at that point or is it at the time of the harvest here where they would be cast into the lake of fire and then perhaps there would be an age of accountability like there was when the Israelites were going to go into the promised land because of the murmuring and the complaining and their unbelief, they were not allowed to go in. Only those 19 years old and down were allowed to go in. They were not held accountable for the sins of their parents. So could it be that those that are allowed to live into the millennial reign, they're 19 years old and down? I do not have a specific answer for that, Zach. Um, I, I wish I did. I, I simply, if you study all the scriptures here, it kind of leaves that as a gray area. Yeah. What, what the, the main point is that we have to be part of the wheat. We've got to be part of the ones that are saved and prepared to meet the Lord at the time of the rapture 
Because if you, I've had, I've actually had people tell me, Dave, you know, if, if there's going to be a plan of salvation and people will be saved during the 1,000 year millennial reign, I'll just wait till then. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? You're playing Russian roulette with your soul. You're saying you're going to make it through the, the third world war where one third of the world's population is destroyed. The great tribulation, the mark of the beast, the uh, battle of Armageddon, you're, you say you're going to make it through all that and then just suddenly decide I'm going to get ready to meet the Lord. There's no way I would do that. I right. am Dave Robbins. I'm 50, I'll be 55 in August. And I've got to be ready to meet the Lord because that's when the wheat are going to be taken and put into the storehouse. So to me, I, I, I'm, I don't really, I can't answer. Who li I know there's going to be mortals that live into the millennial reign. I cannot give a conclusive answer who that is. Um, and that, that's the best I can do for you, Zachary, from a biblical perspective. Well, that's a great insight, and I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. And uh, it's you. a great question as well. Uh, we, my father-in-law and I and Doug and all of us, we've wrestled with it for years. Who gets yeah. to live into the millennial reign? You know, I mean, the church, we're going to be raptured. We're going to be changed from mortal to immortal. Right. And we're going to be ruling and reigning as, as kings and priests with him throughout that 1,000-year millennial reign. There will be sinners here on the earth. The Bible says during the millennial reign that uh, a sinner that dies at 100 years old will be considered but a child. And so, but, uh, you know, again, I can't say specifically everybody who's not saved goes to the lake of fire at the time of the rapture because yeah. of the, the, the uh, scriptures in Daniel 7. So um, I, I don't know if I can answer that. I do know that at the great white throne of judgment, the Bible says that they will be cast into the lake of fire. Also, the Bible does say that the, at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ, when He comes back to set up His kingdom here on the earth, at the time of the rapture, the second coming, that the Antichrist and the false prophet, this is Revelation 19.20, the Antichrist and the false prophet are cast into the lake of fire at that time. So will there be other people with them at that time? I don't know if I could answer that conclusively. Um, and so, you know, I, I, that's just something that's kind of a gray area. And I, I, I wish I had an answer. I simply do not, Zach. Well, I appreciate your insight. All right. All right. Well, thank you for the call, Zach. God bless you, my friend. You, you have a great weekend. Okay, everybody. So, again, the number to reach me, one 363 8463 And, you know, that's the thing. When we have these conversations... What are we trying to do? Uh, I believe that you should have an understanding. We, collectively here at End Time Ministries, believe that you should have an understanding of Bible prophecy in the end time. Without that, you're really going to be kind of blind to what's going on. I mean, imagine the, the, the Russia, Europe, Ukraine, China, Iran, Turkey, Israel, United States... Imagine this big thing that's going on in the world. All this conflict, turmoil. They're trying to get a nuclear weapon. They're trying to get a peace agreement. All these different things. They're at war. There's no way you can really understand where all this is going unless you know the prophecies of the Bible. If you just, if you did not, if, let's say, let's pretend that we did not understand Bible prophecy. You would think that Ukraine and Russia, and possibly the United States and NATO and Europe going in to help um, 
Ukraine and different things against Russia that, hey, this is, no, this is going to be nuclear war, this is going to be the end of all of humanity, and we're all going to die. But that's simply, once you understand the prophecies of the Bible, then you know that's not, what, that's not the case. That Russia, Europe, uh, Iran, the United States, Israel, we're all here all the way to the end. Once you understand Bible prophecy, then you can say, okay, I know where all of this is headed. I don't know how we get from here to there, but I know that all of those nations will be on the earth at the time of the second coming. So Russia and Europe and the United States, they're not going to annihilate each other in a nuclear war because of this Russia-Ukraine situation. That's simply not going to happen. They're not going to wipe each other out. But we know there is a war coming. And so once we understand these prophecies, uh, it's very important. And it helps us to know. You know, I believe when we talk about the gospel of the kingdom of God, that was Jesus' message and that was the apostles' message here on the earth. Well, I've heard the gospel talked about my entire life. The gospel. The apostles taught the gospel. 1 Corinthians 15. The Apostle Paul said, I deliver unto you the gospel which was delivered unto me. The good news that Jesus Christ died, buried, and, was ro and rose again. But Jesus told Nicodemus, or um, Jesus said, He did tell Nicodemus, except a man is born again, he can't enter the kingdom of God. But He also talked in His messages, if you look, He says, I need to go into this city and teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. The apostles taught the gospel of the kingdom of God. I've heard the gospel taught my whole life. But I've, I have heard very, 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 I mean, one person, <laughs> and his name was Irvin Baxter. I've heard one person tie the entire gospel of the kingdom of God in with that. What's the entire message? It's not, jet, it's not just be born again so you can be a part of the kingdom of God here. I'm talking about Jesus used Bible prophecy to show us that, hey, the God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish His kingdom here on the earth. Then let me present the gospel to you to show you how to be a part of that kingdom. Showing people that we are just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ and how close we are to that event. Jesus did that. The apostles did that. And any true man or woman of God should be able to teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. The God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish His kingdom here on the earth. Let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. Now, it's, it's, it's the big picture. And so, I'm putting together a message. I believe God has laid it upon my heart to put a message together of that entire scope with prophecy included and then to teach the whole thing. Our, the staff here wants me to make it my first tract. Remember back in the old days in the 70s and 80s, everybody put out tracts. Everybody's wanting me to write a tract on that um, and, and tying what God's given me and what God showed my father-in-law, Irvin Baxter, tie all that together. And, you know, maybe we'll do that here in the future if I can get some time away from the rest of this stuff. But I think it's very, very important because we want to teach the entire message. So cool. Okay. Oh, wow. Man, there's so much to talk about. Let's go back to the phones. Let's go to our good friend, Joe, in New York. God bless Joe. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hey, Dave. How are you today, sir? Doing tremendous, my friend. How are you? I'm still breathing, man. <laughs> Amen. 
that's an accomplishment. You know, after after the 75th birthday, that's an accomplishment, sir. But that's in his hands, not mine. Yes, sir. It's been on my heart all morning. And you know, I watch you guys every day. And every time I call up, I tell people to take Jerusalem Prophecy College. Mm -hmm. And there's a reason. And may if, if, if you might just give me a couple of minutes so the listeners can hear my background. I don't know if I've ever done this, but people have heard my age, 75. I was not born again till I was 30 years old. That was 45 years ago. And at the beginning, I was very lucky or fortunate or blessed, whatever word you want to use, that I was part of a small non-denominational Christian fellowship, and I had excellent Bible teachers. But I got just, just, just really led into the prophecies. I wanted to know the book of Revelation, and I studied in commentaries, and I had a long background. But there's a reason why I keep telling people take Jerusalem Prophecy College, because er, Dr. Irvin Baxter, our brother who we miss, is, was the best. And we are blessed that we still have his teachings, and I thank God every day for you, Dave, for Doug and Vince, to continue his teachings, because people have to know that, that, that stuff. But sure. there's no one ever been on the face of the earth in all my years who was more equipped to teach the prophecies, and I will keep saying it, because I listen to the callers with all the various questions, yeah. but if people took... Even, 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 and I said this yesterday or the day before, the first five courses, Irvin lays in the foundation of what you're talking about yes. from the beginning and the covenant with Abraham. So, you know, if people think, well, I can't take all those courses, there's this, you know, start, make a commitment, everybody, take the first five courses, because then after that, you're going to want to keep taking more. But you got to take it one at a time. You don't have to rush. But I'm telling everyone, I don't care where they go in history or in the present earth, they're not going to find someone who taught better the prophecy than Irvin Baxter. Right. And I have a long background, so it's not like I'm a novice that just came across wanting to know the prophecies. And I told Irvin, when I spoke to him, the first time I found him on YouTube, my spirit started jumping because yeah. I listened to him and things started falling together. Mm -hmm. A lot of the pieces of the puzzle within me and my years of studying and research started coming together. And I said, Lord, this brother is, he, he's got it. He's mm -hmm. teaching the truth. Amen. That makes sense. Why did I never see this part of the puzzle or this part? And I told that to Irvin. And like the last time I spoke to him, and I told him I loved him and thanked him profusely because he's blessing so many people's lives, even though he's gone home to be with the Lord. Yes, sir. Still blessing us. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Amen, Joe. Well, thank you so much for your comments. And everybody, Joe's referring to the JPC or the Jerusalem Prophecy College. And you can join the Jerusalem Prophecy College. It's an online college that we established years ago. And go through, enroll, uh, and go through all of the semesters. Wow, what great teaching. And what Joe's saying is absolutely true. I've never met another prophecy the teacher like Irvin Baxter. The symbols and the book of Revelation have perplexed Christians and unbelievers around the world. In his final work, Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ Part Two. 
The late Irvin Baxter unlocks the mystery of the book of Revelation with in-depth analysis and commentary like you've never heard before. These comprehensive study tools, available for $299, will deepen your biblical understanding. Don't miss this special offer. Call 1-800-END-TIME or go to endtime.com. Hi, I'm Judy Baxter. When Irvin and I got married, we didn't realize that our calling would be a prophetic ministry. Since we started End Time Ministries, there have been many times we weren't sure how we would pay the bills, but God has always provided. We started with the magazine, then went on radio and TV, and now we have the Jerusalem Prophecy College in Israel and online and End of the Age Plus. The mission has always been to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and the End Time message. Through the years, my husband would say, we will see revival like never before in the last days. We are living in the end time now. Thank you for walking this journey with us and continuing in prayer. You are a part of the team. Thank you for your generous support. It is necessary for God's purpose. The most important thing is that you are ready when the Lord comes. Our hope is to help prepare you for that day. God bless you and we love you. Welcome back, everybody. And again, what Joe was saying is that the, the Jerusalem Prophecy College, if you wanted to join the college, it's an online college. Each semester, I think it's like 50 or $55, or something like that. You can go and go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com. I teach in our physical Jerusalem College every Thursday morning. And then... We also had, we had so many people join that, but we were talking about our physical college. A lot of people started calling and saying, hey, is, do I have to go to Israel to be a part of the college? At that point, we were like, uh, man, I'm, I didn't think about that, but yes. Well, we had a lady that worked for us in accounting that had designed and ran a online college at that point. Well, she came to my follow-along. She said, look, I've designed an online college before and and." was the administrator, why don't we create one? So we created the online Jerusalem Prophecy College, and that's what Joe was referring to, and it is my father-in-law taking you through prophecy, through which is about 30% of the entire Bible, and then he also teaches on the other 70% of the Bible. Uh, it is the one of the semesters, Understanding the Bible. I know a lot of people think, well, hey, I've got, a, I've got a grip on the Bible. Do you really? Do you understand the thesis of the Bible? What's this big book? 31,000 plus verses. What's this thing really all about? Where'd you come from? Why are you here? What are, where are you going? Most people cannot answer those three questions. What's the thesis of the Bible? Your relationship with God, your relationship with your fellow man. And all of that, once you get the thesis of the Bible... Then when you read the Bible, you can think, wow, I understand what this guy's saying now because I understand the overall goal, what God was trying to tell us, what this chapter means. And wow, I understand the spirit of God. What happened with Adam and Eve when they lost sonship, when they sinned? When did sonship, when was sonship restored? That was at Jesus, what Jesus Christ did on Calvary. He restored all of those who would obey the gospel of the death, burial, and resurrection that happened on Calvary, they could be sons of God again. 
And so when you start to understand the Bible, then you think, oh my, man, I can't get enough of this book. I, I want to study this thing all the time. But if you don't understand it, then you would think, wow, oh, man, I'm just, you know, I'm not even going to pick it up because I don't really understand it. Well, we do a semester, understanding the Bible. And then uh, he teaches keys to spiritual growth, life and teachings of Jesus Christ. He went through the red letter edition of the Bible and everything Jesus said in the red letter editions, he teaches verse by verse. It's so cool. And then the last one was Satan defeated, sonship restored. He goes deep off into um, what Jesus, what really happened on Calvary. How the blood applies to your life can give you a clear conscience. And just right on, most people don't even understand this stuff. So they, they get frustrated as being a Christian because they go to a church, they start, um, they, they become a member of a church, but yet they're still frustrated because I still, you know, I still do some things I know I shouldn't do and it's, it plagues my mind and I can't sleep and I'm so frustrated with this whole mess, I'm just going to quit. I was, I was frustrated when I was out in the world, I might as well go do that, right? You ever felt like that? But there is a way to live as a Christian, get this, guilt free. Now, whoa, you ever, you ever think about that? That's the way the Bible, that's the way Christians are supposed to live. You say, but I make a mistake. There's a remedy for that. And so, Irvin Baxter, this is what Joe, these are just, a, man, these are, this is the treetop version of the Jerusalem Prophecy College. If you've never done it, I'm telling you, it's like nothing you've ever done in your life. Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com, enroll and start going through the lessons. I'm telling you, it will change your life. <sighs> Thank you for that, Joe. Uh, great plug. Also, everybody, I forgot to mention the... Um, the tour, the Israel tour that me and my wife are going to go on, Doug and Doug Norvell and his wife Tina are going to go. Uh, we're going to go here in May 17th through the 28th. I know a lot of you are putting in um, for vacation. We've only got, I don't know, I, may, I think it's in the 20s spots left now. And maybe, maybe 30 spots. I've got to, I need to talk to them, have a conversation with my wife at some point. But um, we, we don't, we've, we're, we're like in the 60s, I think. And so we've only got a few left, so those things will go quick. It seems like the closer we get, everybody will start piling up. Hey, can you get us in? Can you get us in? So make sure you get in early and go with us on the Israel tour. It's a great tour. Man, so many spiritual experiences over the years. I, I, I can't even tell them all. We were telling somebody the other night, we were going out to dinner with them, and they're like, you guys have got to write a book on just your tour because of all the things that have happened to you guys over the years. So if you want to go experience one of the tours, Get a, call in 1-800-363-8463, talk to my wife Jana, or to Brittany Motes, and they'll get you set up on the tour. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, let's go to um, Anthony in Maine. God bless Anthony. Welcome to the End Time Show. How you doing, Dave? I'm doing good, my friend. How are you? Oh, pretty good. Um, good. My question today was uh, pretty simple. Uh, basically, I was just curious from a biblical standpoint. Yeah. Uh, what happens to the earth after the millennial reign? Is the, is the Bible very clear on that in any way? Yeah, so what happens to the earth after or like after the second coming during the millennial reign? Was your question uh, like at the end of the millennial, the millennial reign when it's done? Yeah, so after okay. the 1,000-year uh, millennial reign. Uh, okay, yeah, I got you. Does the earth burn up or does it basically survive in some way, shape, or form? Right, right. So what happens is, is we, what the Bible says after the one, and, and when the thousand years are expired, Satan's, this is I'm, Revelation 27, 
when the thousand years are expired, Satan's going to be loosed out of his prison. He's going to go to deceive the nation again because he's been bound that 1,000 years. He's going to be loosed, right. out of his, loosed out of his prison, out of his shackles. He's going to go to deceive the nations again, uh, Gog and Magog, Russia, and he's going, to get the, he's going to deceive them to the point where they will actually come down against Jerusalem, against the saints and against God to try to war against them again. I, I can't understand that. It's beyond me, but that's exactly what the Bible says is going to happen. That's Revelation 28. And then the Bible says that these nations will come down upon, they went upon the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city. But God is done with war at that point. The Bible says a fire come down from heaven and just devoured them. And so the, at this point, the human existence is over. And the Bible says the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast of the, and the false prophet are. They'll be tormented day and night. And then we go into the great white throne of judgment where, where God is judging them and everyone whose name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, they'll be cast into the lake of fire. Now your question is, what happens to the physical earth? That's done away yeah. with. We go off into eternity in the Lord and the Bible says that um, nothing corruptible can enter into that. So it, there's not going to be a, you know, I mean, the, the physical ball that's the earth, it's going to be consumed. And we will go off into eternity with the Lord. It's going to be a spiritual existence. It, it was all, eternity is spiritual. God created a physical ball here. But once we're beyond the great right throne of judgment, we go off into eternity, a spiritual existence. Now, the Bible, now this is where, again, there's another question I can't answer. The Bible says out into, into eternity that it's world without end. So could there be another earth out there somewhere? I don't know. Uh, could, the, could the physical ball that we're standing on, could that exist and remain here? I honestly don't know the answer to that. I would need to do some more study. Um, but the Bible does say world without end. So there could be planets somewhere else. I, I don't know. I mean, that's what the Bible says, world without end. So... But I do know the human existence on this planet will be done. And um, we'll move off into a spiritual. Everybody that's on the earth now will spend eternity in one of two places. In, with the Lord, out into eternity, or in, a, in hell. And so um, that's the best answer I can give you scripturally, Anthony. I definitely understand. Yes, um, you know, it definitely sounds like that. Yeah. And most, like, most likely that the, the, the case is going to be that all things physical are probably going to pass, uh, pass away. So, I mean, yeah. that's, that pretty much seems uh, pretty, I guess, cut and dry for the most part. So. Yes, sir. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Dave. I really appreciate it. All right, Anthony. Well, thank you, my friend. God bless you. You have a great weekend. Let's go to <clears throat> Cheryl in Texas. God bless Cheryl. Welcome to the End Time Show. Yes, sir. I have a, a question in regards to Noah Hyde laws, yes. which our uh, president signs every year into law. Mm -hmm. I, I do have a lot of sources I've been watching many years, and there's a Messianic Jew. He, he's he's pro-Israel, but right now they aren't showing, the, the propaganda news is not showing the massive protests going on in Jerusalem, mm -hmm. because contained within those Noahidic laws are over a hundred subset of laws, to which, if you worship Jesus Christ, it's considered idolatry. <clears throat> now, 
And and I do know from Brother Baxter and your teachings that we will be protecting Israel until um, Armageddon. Yes. But will do you think the Jewish people, the Netanyahu, Netanyahu, uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yes. He 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 is leading the right wing conservative government, and he's a good man. But also they are imposing on Israel Noahidic laws. Okay. And persecuting Christians, do you think that will come to America to where our POTUS has signed into law, Noahidic laws on the premise, but again, within those subset of laws, they consider worshiping Yeshua, Jesus, which we know came as idolatry to which the penalty is death and beheadment. Yes. So the thing is, Cheryl, I have, I'm familiar with the Noahide laws. And most of them, I actually agree with. So, just if you got a moment, for everybody that's listening, the Noahide laws, there are seven Noahide laws. And then I'll get to your point here, Cheryl. The Noahide laws, uh, number one is do not profane God's oneness in any way. I totally agree with that 100%. Number two, do not curse your creator. I guess I agree with that. Number three, do not murder. I agree with that. Number four, do not eat a limb off a still living animal. Okay, I'm, I don't, I probably, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> That'd be kind of hard. Um, number five, do not steal. I agree with that. Number six, harness and channel the human. Uh, okay, you guys can read that one. That's kind of a sensitive adult issue, and, and but that's uh, up to you. Number seven, establish courts of law and ensure justice in our world. Okay, I agree with that one. So the 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 thing is, is that when you talk about the subsets. I've never seen the subsets of the Noahide laws. And so I'm not f- really familiar with that. I would have to probably do some study on it. However, Cheryl, when you talk about um, in the future Netanyahu persecuting Christians, I believe that the Christians and the Jews, there will be some Jews that, yeah, they're anti-Christian as it gets. But I have many, many friends who, that in Israel, Jews, I teach a college full, I teach a classroom full of Jews every Thursday morning that love Christians and they don't, many of them are making the, they're, they're um, coming across the bridge, bridging the gap from the Old Testament into the New Testament. They understand that there was something about Jesus they need to know about. There's something about Christians that they may not have. Now, not every Jew's that way. But there may be some radical Jews um, that, that, you know, maybe have go into these subsets. I would need to study the subsets where it talks about Jesus and um, them saying that it's idolatry to worship Him and things like that. So I would need to study that. At this point, that's the, the best answer I can give you. Let, let me hold over the break, Cheryl, and we'll talk a little bit more about Netanyahu uh, and what he's doing uh, here in the end time. Is that okay? Yes, I agree with the seven. Uh, 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 yeah. I've been part of the End Time family from the beginning over 30 years ago when my parents, Irvin and Judy Baxter, began ministry from the recliner in our living room. My name is Jana Robbins. I have the pleasure of connecting with our incredible partners every day. End Time is a small nonprofit that runs a high traffic website, a daily TV and radio show, the Prophecy College in Jerusalem, and more. Although we have less than 30 team members, we are able to serve tens of millions of people each month. 
we survive on the goodness of God and donations averaging about $50. If everyone hearing this message gave $22, our financial needs would be met for the year. If you only give to one cause per month, please consider partnering with End Time to help get the message of our soon coming King out to the world. Call us at 1-800-END-TIME to give today or go to endtime.com to become a monthly or one-time partner. Okay, welcome back everybody. Let's let's go back to Cheryl here real quick. Uh, go ahead with your comment, Cheryl. Sorry about that. I do agree with you know the the the, the premise of the Noahidic laws. Yeah. Um, but like I, I sent you a link in your Gmail to Israeli News Live, Brother Ben Danun. He's a Messianic Jew. Yeah. And his wife Jana has broken down the subsets, and I wasn't even aware of the subsets. Yeah. But you know, we just have to be aware, but, but praise God, because I, it, it is probably the Jewish people that you know, that know Ju- Jesus came. Yeah. And they're protesting right now. Okay. And, and in the Lord, in Jesus name, I pray they win. Right, right. Well, so the one, one of the ways they may have subsets here is it says, number one, do not profane God's oneness in any way the Jews would say to worship Jesus as God would be idolatry. Now, again, I haven't seen the subsets, but they do not believe that Jesus was God manifest in the flesh. That's where we have to use messianic laws and bring them into New Testament and show them where Jesus, and I do this all the time, and we're using Bible prophecy to do it. But I'm doing it to Jews right now helping them to bridge the gap. Some of them will bridge the gap. Some of them never will. But I do know that with these Noahide laws, I, I actually agree with most of them. And with some of the subsets, those would be the things that we would have um, as the... Uh, that would be some of the things that we would have to talk about and to bridge some of the gaps. But here's the thing, Cheryl. The Bible does not say that Israel will be persecuting Christians in the end time. The Bible says the United States will be standing with Israel throughout the end time, but Satan is going to be the persecutor and it's going to be the Antichrist and the false prophet and those that are doing the persecuting. It doesn't say anywhere that the the Jews would be doing the persecuting. And also I know that God's called us to go in and help the Jews out in the West Bank to come into Israel proper. And the Bible says in Zechariah that Judah, I will save the tents of Judah first, prior to my second coming. So the revival is going to begin to happen in, in the final seven years, and we are going to have a big part in that. Our ministry will. So um, I, 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 I don't think that will be the case from scriptural reasons, but um, I'll definitely have to get into the subsets of these because I've never seen the, I've never looked at the subsets of the Noahide laws. I just know about the seven that we're talking about. Yes, well, I yeah, thank yeah. you for your time. And did you not one time, you know, when you counter with Scripture, yeah. was there not a Scripture that that proved that Jesus qualified as a cutoff? Didn't, from their own Scripture, didn't Jesus have to come or, or Yeshua 
have to come before destruction of the second temple. Yeah, Daniel 9, 24 and, and through Jesus 27. Yeah. Quali- Jesus' death qualified as being cut off as yes. you could be. Yeah, yeah. My father-in-law was talking to um, Heim Richmond, who used to be over the Temple Institute that has all of the instruments that are going to be used in the third temple. My father-in-law was talking to him one time and he said, um, Rabbi Heim Richmond, don't, do you know about Daniel? Let me talk to you about Daniel 9, 24 through 27. And it says that the Messiah would be cut off and then the temple and Jerusalem, the, the um, Jerusalem would be destroyed. And Heim Richmond looked at that and it, it's obvious that Jesus the Messiah came and was cut off or crucified prior to the destruction of Jerusalem. And Rabbi Heim Richmond looked at that and he looked at my father-in-law and he said, you know, Irvin, I'm not real good with the book of Daniel. That was his reply. Wow. And so he, he basically saw it, but the Bible says, their eyes they have closed. He didn't want to acknowledge that Jesus Christ was in fact the Messiah and that He came the first time. Um, so he just said, no, I, I, I'm not real good with the book of Daniel. Slide on over it and keep on going. And that's fine. There, there, I, I have friends that do things like that that, aren't, that simply don't want to recognize because if you recognize something in the Bible, then you've got to make a decision. Well, am I going to align my life up to that? Or am I just going to say, I really just don't agree with that and move on? A lot of people do that today because they're justifying their lifestyle. And so it's the same way that some Jews will do in the future. But hey, I'm looking for the hungry ones, Cheryl. That's who I'm looking for. And and I want to learn how to debate in a spiritual and scriptural way to, to bring them to Christ. Yeah, well, what I do... I just simply, um, I understand what you're saying. You want to be able to go back and forth and have a meaningful conversation. I don't think you mean debate. But here's the thing. I, I used to try to debate where I would win. But what I want to make it, what I do now, and I understand what you're saying, Cheryl, but what I, I want to make it so that everybody wins. And so what yeah. we do is I have conversations and I share the Word of God with people and if they say, well, yeah, uh, man, I'm, I, 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 this is, I've never, this is the best thing I've ever heard. I, give me, you know, teach me. Th- that's who I'm looking for. But if somebody doesn't want anything to do with it, then I've got to say, you know what? I, I love you, but I've got millions and billions of people to reach, and I'm going to keep on trucking. If you're looking for it in the future and you decide you want it, you come back around and grab me because I'm, I'm blowing and going. Uh, and, and because of that, Cheryl, we have reached through End Time Ministries, literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands over the years with the gospel, prisoners, people, you, I mean, millionaires, you, everybody and in between, I mean, you name it, people living under the bridge. We've helped so many people because I'm, we are blowing and going 100 miles an hour and I'm trying to reach everybody I can because I know we're racing the rapture. And so when I first started into this, yes, I would debate, 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 debate. And, but right now... I have found that I never want a soul by debating. And I, and I understand what you're saying. I don't think you maybe meant it like that. I was trying to no, win I every didn't. conversation. I don't see, I see it as, here's what the Bible says. If you want to believe it, fine. If you don't, that's okay. But I've got a million other people that I've got to get to because they're dying for this. That's where I'm at in my soul winning effort. And it has proved to be extremely successful over the years. God has really helped us to be able to win 
hundreds of thousands of people. I've sent people to churches all over the world for decades now. And so um, I understand what you're saying, Cheryl. And one of the best things I could do to help you is get you in, uh, going to the Jerusalem Prophecy College, uh, get you involved in that, keep listening to End Time, go, through, go to endtime.com. There's more stuff than you could ever read there, and it will help you to understand some of these things um, and bring you up to speed pretty quick. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm a current member of End Time Plus. All right, there you I've go. Gone through, I've got, I can't, you know, uh, monetarily I can't afford, and that's what people can understand. If they can just do a subscription to End Time Plus, that's it. you have access to everything. Yep. And debate was the wrong word. I yeah. just want to plant even a mustard seed. That's it. I knew that's what you meant. Thinking. I knew that's what you meant, I, and, and I know that. Um, the, the thing is, that's another good plug. Man, you guys are helping me with our commercials today. End Time Plus. That's another thing. Everything that's in the Jerusalem Prophecy College, now it's not structured like a college. In End Time Plus, you just watch the DVDs. In the college, you've got quizzes and all this other, and it makes it a college setting, which is really kind of cool, and it helps you to, to really uh, absorb some of it. But End Time Plus, the DVDs are on there. And if you're subscribed to that, you can go through the DVDs, and man, it's so cool. It, it, it will bring you up to speed. Start with uh, the Understand the End Time 1 through 14, and the new ones, the new ones that we're producing right now, that we, we've almost, uh, the production company's almost done, those are, it will eventually be on End of the Age Plus as well. I mean, everything goes there. And so there, it, that, that would be a great way for you to get up to speed really quick, just start going through them DVDs, yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you again. And in time plus, I've been watching over seven years. And, all right. And you are continuing Brother Irving's fight. And God bless you all, and thank you for your time. All right, Cheryl. God bless you, my friend, and you have a wonderful weekend. Let's go straight to Brenda in California. God bless Brenda. Welcome to the End Time Show. Hello, Dave. How are you this afternoon? I am tremendous. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank Good. you. I just had a thought where we were talking about um, the earth uh, not being here during eternity and all that sort of thing. And, and I know the Bible does say that all things will pass away. But in Revelation 21, uh, as I read it, it talks about a new heaven and a new earth. Yes. And so to me, isn't that eternity? It's at, after the great white throne judgment. Right. And... So right. John saw coming down a new heaven and a new earth. Yes. Uh, now, it may not be like this earth. I'm not saying it's going to be a round ball and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Yes. It, it, you know, but um, it did say a new heaven and a new earth of yeah. some sort. That's and correct. And I think we, we as beings will be able to go from one to the other and enjoy, uh, the, you know, enjoy it all. Mm -hmm. So there will be a new earth. It may not be a round ball uh, or anything like that. It may be something totally that we have, haven't even imagined yet. Yes. But it does say there will be a new heaven and a new earth. And yeah. so to me, the new earth um, will be filled with much like this earth. I mean, it'll, right. you know, it'll have trees and animals and all that sort of stuff, yeah. but that may not be true. It just says a new heaven and a new earth. That's correct. So let, let me make a comment on that, Brenda, because I'm going I'm to run out of time here. The new heaven and the new earth that is talked about in, Ma in Revelation chapter 21 
that occurs at the time of the rapture and the second coming of Jesus Christ. And, I, and again, this is why everybody needs to understand the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order. Because the, when it talks about the new heaven and the new earth, when you go back to the book of Isaiah, it talks about during the new heaven and the new earth is when the uh, wolf will lay down with the lamb, the child will play on the hole of an asp, with the, uh, which is a poisonous snake, things that will happen. It's talking about a reset of the earth that will happen at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon. It's like when the, the flood happened with Noah, that was kind of like a reset of the earth. Well, that's what's going to happen at the time of the second coming of Jesus Christ. And at that time, the millennial reign will be the new heaven and the new earth. And I know it talks about it after Revelation 20. You go into Revelation 21, it talks about that. But I can prove scripturally that the new heaven and the new earth occurs at the time. It's not talking about a new physical earth. It's talking about a reset of the earth that will happen. And, and, it, and everything, human governments will be done away with. And the Lord will rule and reign with His saints. And we will be kings and priests. The Lord will rule them with a rod of iron, the Bible says. And that, that's a Bible study. I mean, that would be something I would need to take everybody through. I might do it next week. But um, that's what it's referring to. It's not talking about a new physical earth being created. And again, that's why, that's why I try to prove over and over to everybody that the book of Revelation is not written in chronological order. When it talks about the, um, the New Jerusalem in Revelation chapter 21, that's actually a symbolic view of the church. And I know that's revolutionary teaching, that's messing with everybody's theology, but if you go down through there, the angel told John, come with me and let me show you the New Jerusalem, uh, let me show you the bride. And he shows him the New Jerusalem. And then it's symbol there's a symbolic uh, representation of the church. So again, Brenda, that's, I know I'm hitting you with a lot here, but that's something maybe I'll teach through it next week and let everybody know in great detail about the new heaven and the new earth. It is a great observation, though, by the way, and I do thank you for that. Uh, and I understand, uh, you know, from your position why you might say that. So God bless you. I want to thank everybody. Uh, for joining me today. Some great questions and look forward to joining you all next week. You guys have a great weekend. Call Jana and Brittany, sign up for the Israel tour because spots are filling up quick.